Modern medicine is advancing at faster speeds than ever before. Yet the world still sees the healthcare experience as difficult and dated. The Real Chemistry podcast shares interviews with industry leaders who are innovating in healthcare. Join Real Chemistry's Chief Marketing Officer, Aaron Strout, as he explores how AI and ideas can come together to transform healthcare into what it should be. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, Chief Marketing Officer of Real Chemistry and host of the Real Chemistry podcast. And as I've mentioned in some of the previous podcasts, this is a continuation of a series of live from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. And for this particular episode, I get to sit down with the co-founder and managing partner of Seven Wire Ventures, Lee Shapiro. Lee's an entrepreneur, an accomplished executive. He is regularly speaking at digital health and health innovation conferences. He was kind enough to step in and, and speak at one of our official panels here at South by Southwest. But you're going to hear a lot about how we got into the business, partnering with Glenn Tullman, one of our earlier guests. Uh, Glenn is his partner in crime at Seven Wire Ventures. They also worked together at Livongo and prior to that at All Scripts. Just amazing insights in terms of what they look for, what certain trends are, their experience at South by Southwest, and you know where the industry in general is heading. So I think you'll find this episode very valuable. And we're very appreciative that Lee was able to find time in his busy schedule to sit down with us today. Lee, thrilled to have you on the show. Thank you for doing this somewhat spontaneously and, you know, with no questions in advance. But again, you've got enough of a, um, a career behind you that I think most people would love to aspire to do 10% of it. Let's start with what got you into healthcare? Because it's a question I always like to ask. I feel like people get in for different reasons, but it tells us a lot about who the being is. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for having me with you today. I'm so excited uh, for what you and Real Chemistry have been doing, not only in your business, also here at South by Southwest, and such a pleasure to be with you today. My journey into healthcare was, it really started probably close to 30 years ago when I was doing investing with my co-founder at Seven Wire, Glenn Tolman. And, and when we started, it was with this idea that you could use technology to address broken business process. And we started in a variety of different industries. We had a precursor to Instacart called Shopping at Home. We did work helping charities manage their donors, a travel company that we sold to American Express Travel. But we started looking at opportunities to use technology, and we kept coming back to healthcare. There was so much broken process, we thought that could last us a lifetime. And so probably over 20 years ago now, we started investing with this idea that you could do well by doing good. And healthcare has this amazing double bottom line. And we sought to think about ways in which we could change. First, it was focused on delivery of care inside the four walls of hospitals and doctor's offices. And then starting probably a dozen years ago, a much greater focus on how we all live our lives and what we all aspire to, which is to be healthy for ourselves and our families, and how can we use technology to advance that purpose? Well, it makes a lot of sense, and I love that saying of doing well and doing good, right? Because I feel like it is that double bottom line, and it's one of the reasons why I'm thrilled to be in healthcare myself. I did not start off in healthcare. I started off in financial services and then technology and had made my way over, but it's, why, it's part of why I love interviewing people like you, right? Because you've combined the best of both worlds, and you're one of the 
the movers and shakers in the industry, right? That really sort of is that underpinning. And I think between you and Glenn, the vision you have, the clout you have, the connectivity you have really makes what you do, I don't want to say easy, it makes it seem easy. I'm sure it's far from, right? But um, we need more people like you that sort of have the vision and the capability and the insight to be able to do what you're doing. Well, thank you for saying that. And certainly the insights that um, Real Chemistry delivers to its clients are pretty cool and important. Um, but, you know, this is a lot less about insight. and It's a lot about listening. Um, and what we try to do is understand the challenges that are being addressed through using technology. Um, one of the methodologies that we deploy at Seven Wire is jobs to be done theory that was launched by the late, great Professor Clayton Christensen. Uh, one of our partners, David Schoenthal, has a book called The Human Element, um, where he spends a good part of his time laying out some of the tensions that exist in terms of being able to address some of the needs that we all have as consumers. And ultimately, when you start listening to people and say, what is it that they're trying to achieve? Then you can start to really understand the right way, not only to design product, but actually to think about the way in which services can fit into the life flow of the individual. And that's what our companies aspire to at, at Sevenware. The other element of that is uh, thinking again about ways in which we can connect what's happening from a consumer to a provider. Um, we don't think about people as patients. We do think of them as consumers. And thinking about how you level the playing field between that provider and that consumer is also a really important element of how we think about things. I love that listening. I think there's a saying that we have two ears and one mouth and God gave us those for a reason. And I think myself included, we sometimes forget that listening is such a valuable skill set. It's one of the things that I get to practice doing the podcast because you do need to do deep listening as you're engaging with a guest. One of the things I would like to talk about is Seven Wire. So you're a co-founder and managing partner. You invest in companies. Let's talk a little bit about for the uneducated, you know, what types of companies do you invest in? And then maybe if you can, this is the danger of not having the safety net, you know, are there two or three or five companies, or maybe it's like a flavor of companies that you're more excited about than not that's in your portfolio? We love all our children equally. I know you do, but some more than others, right? So Sevenware Ventures um, is really looking at a thin slice of the needs that exist in healthcare. And we try to build companies that are creating better informed and connected health consumers. We don't invest in medical device. We don't invest in life sciences, but we do invest in technology enabled services that can be used by individuals to help manage their health. We see three common elements of our great companies. First and foremost, create a great consumer experience. If you can do that, people have reason to come back and want to use the offering. It's not like a wearable that you might track your steps for six months and stick in a drawer and not charge it ever again. So if you can create an experience where people see that they're getting value and that learns from what their behaviors are, then we think you've got something that can engage them and empower them in ways that allow them to uh, take better control of their health. The second element is to be able to demonstrate objectively improvements in health outcomes. It's not enough just to say people like using it or the experience is better, but you have to show that the trajectory of their health is improving. And that's important for this third and final element, which is a return on investment, a hard return on investment. It can't be kind of soft measures like, well, we'll improve productivity in the workforce and you'll people won't miss work as often. No, it's really about 
what are we doing that says people are going to avoid going to the emergency room? They're going to avoid unnecessary doctor's office visits. They're going to be compliant with taking their medications, and that's going to keep them kind of pennies for pills as opposed to lots of dollars for some of the cures. And so when we do that, we're able to give the sponsor, health plan, self-insured employer, government, a reason why they should acquire these technology-enabled services because they're doing a great job of engaging consumers, they're improving outcomes, and they're cost-effective. So it's not, you, you can't just create something that's going to be better, but it's going to cost 10 times as much. You might not get the buyer to buy it. But in our instance, we're really looking at things that can make a difference. Well, I love that. And so there's two paths I could go, but I'm going to start with, you did this session at South by Southwest yesterday, again, somewhat spontaneously. So thank you for being that guy. But you did talk about sort of the future of healthcare looking out to 2030, right? And you, you were on the panel with Walgreens and Homeward and Dr. G moderated from um, Salesforce, Gita Nair. And one of the topics I think that did come up and or at least it was in the description, but you all talked a little bit about it is we have been so conditioned by all of these great consumer experiences. And at the end of the day, we are people, we're not patients, right? And the fact that healthcare needs to do a better job doing that. Any highlights that you took away from what was one of the most engaging panels of the day yesterday? Well, it was great fun being on the panel with Dr. G and, and John Driscoll and Jenny Schneider, um, all of whom are great friends and also really made a huge difference in their own rights and, and the trajectory of health in this country. And what I came away feeling from that conversation was a lot of hope. Um, when you start thinking about ways in which Walgreens is serving the 40% of those who are in areas that are underserved by our traditional healthcare system. And these tend to be um, areas where uh, in our urban environments or in rural areas where you don't have access to care. And what Homeward is doing in terms of being able to deliver care into communities where they just don't have the access and where people have to drive hours to try and get access to care and therefore they're deferring care. And so if you can bring some of the care to the people where and when it's needed, really important work. And I think that as we're starting to bridge some of those gaps, we'll start to see some of the disparities that exist today in healthcare being addressed in ways that are meaningful and we can improve the health of our communities that we live in. Um, I personally believe that, that health is like we, we should think about it the same way we think about police protection and fire protection. You're not healthy if your neighbor's not healthy. We learned that in spades during the course of the pandemic. And I think that finding ways to help improve the overall health by doing outreach through these new avenues, super important. That's a fairly profound thought. I mean, it's simple, but it's profound. I really, I don't think I've ever thought about it that way. And I'm going to start using that and I'll give you attribution, but I really like that a lot. I like to stay, so we'll come back to South by Southwest because I do want to find out like what's, you know, what's got you excited? What have you seen or gone to or, you know, who have you talked to? But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't go back a little bit in history, right? So I know of your recent history, you and Glenn have been tied at the hip. You did this amazing company called Livongo, which you sold into Teladoc, but it somewhat helped break through this new model, right? So um, I'd love to talk about that. And then before that, all scripts, right, where you took this kind of crappy company and took it to a multi-billion dollar exit. And I know you are a very, you know, uh, integral part of how that happened. So maybe we start with all scripts and then we get to Livongo and talk about that journey. And what was it that you and Glenn were able to do together, you know, that was so special to really 
turn a company around and then to create a company that was such a, a game changer? When we arrived at, at Allscripts, um, and this is now in the kind of mid-90s, um, the idea was to help improve health by giving individuals medications at the time that they saw their doctor. So even today, when prescriptions are written, sent now mostly electronically to pharmacies, um, close to 20% of those prescriptions are never picked up. And so when you think about the fact that one out of every five people aren't following doctor's orders, that's kind of a scary thought. But if you were in the doctor's office and they looked at you and they said, here's something you need to take, here's the medication, take the first pill now, you'll see compliance just grow naturally. And so we had a business that was both a pharmacy benefit manager, so we were repackaging pills and shipping them out through a mail order pharmacy. That was the only profitable part of the business. We sold that, it's like burning the boats and staying on the island. Um, and we really focused on the work that we were doing delivering medications to doctor's offices. And this notion of listening that we talked about earlier came in to play because the doctors would say to us, well, I know you've got this cabinet in my office that has medications in it, but how do I know what's in stock when I'm with a patient? Can you give me a tool to do that? And of course we thought, well, here's a list and every time you prescribe one, you put a little mark on it and you know, you know you've got 10 and now there'll only be nine and now they'll only... And they said, seems a little backwards to us. Can you give us some that we can use? And so we started using a handheld computer. And at the time, it was the HP Jornada. Um, you would think of it as being a brick of a computer. Literally, if you put it in a lab coat pocket for a doctor, it would rip the pocket off. Um, but we were giving them technology that they were using when they were going exam room to exam room. And there were all kinds of hurdles we had to overcome because network infrastructure wasn't great at that point in time getting the information off those handheld devices and getting it sent somewhere. You could send it, but it might not be received because there wasn't a vehicle to do that. So Allscripts in those early years was really focused on providing technology that helped enable that process. And continuing to listen to doctors, we learned they did more than prescribe. They needed to capture their billing information. They needed to dictate their notes. They wanted to go ahead and do referrals. And so how could we help informate that process by using technology? And, and that led to our building, at the time, a stealth electronic medical record or a stealth EMR. Um, at a time when EMRs were four-letter words for doctors, maybe they still are, um, but we were starting to bring that to market. And, and that was the platform, first starting with the ability to deliver prescriptions when we took the company public in 1999. We caught the dot-com boom, and then we also rode the bust right down. We went out at, I think it was $16 a share, went up to something in the 80s, and then came down to like $1.97. So we've lived through some of the turmoil that the markets have seen just in the past year and a half. Um, but it was a great experience, a great team, and uh, we also built a great company from roughly 100 people when we got there to thousands when we left, and a great run for the company. Well, I mean, it's it's funny because I do remember Glenn telling the story and the burning the boats and staying on the island, right? And the, the one profitable piece, you're like, we're going to get rid of this. But obviously, you turned it around and created something amazing. And then, so let's fast forward to Livongo a little bit. Again, a breakthrough sort of um, idea in terms of, you know, one, delivering, uh, you know, it's focused on diabetes, right, and weight loss and hypertension. And 
thing, if I remember, if I did my math correctly here, one of the things that was really innovative about it was sort of going direct to employers versus not to say you wouldn't go to uh, plan benefit managers or, you know, working through um, insurance, but there's this new notion of like, you know, skipping the middleman, right? Or, or cutting out some of the costs that way. And obviously you built something that was successful enough for, if I remember correctly, a $16 billion. Uh, 18 and a half. 18 and a half. Counting. No, it was counting. Like, you know, <laughs> rounding error there, right? It's like, I could have kept the two and a half billion. Um, talk a little bit about that process. Like what listening happened, I guess, to lead to, to do that? So um, Glenn, as you may recall from, from your podcast with him going back a ways now, Um, he has a son who was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And actually, before his son was diagnosed, his niece had been diagnosed. And Glenn was actively involved with Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. And when Sam, his son, was diagnosed, he learned firsthand how hard we make it for people with chronic conditions to manage their disease. And just a couple of examples of that are, um, if you're using a glucometer to measure your blood sugar, and you're doing this periodically during the course of the day with type 1 diabetes, you have to do it to stay alive. Um, Those test strips don't always work. Sometimes they're spoiled. You're putting them into this device. It wasn't easy. And when you ran out of strips, you'd need to get more. You'd have to go out, literally go to the pharmacy and buy more. That's, That's a hurdle that you have to get over. And for some people, financially, that was an issue. And for those financially where it's an issue, what do they do? They probably stop testing which is why they end up in the emergency room with blood sugar that's too high or too low, hyper or hypoglycemic. And in addition, we also saw that even people who were compliant with measuring their blood sugar, they would bring that glucometer with them to a doctor's appointment if they were now trying to manage that disease, following doctor's orders. And the doctor would take that and plug it in with a little cable to the computer. And during a doctor's office visit, you know how long those last, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And they're looking at months worth of data. And they scan that and they look at it and say, oh, well, gee, you know, here's some things we might do to manage your blood sugar a little bit better. We said, if we could find ways to manage that information much more rapidly and intervene and help people spend more time in a normal range of blood sugar, we could give them the opportunity to better manage their health. And so thinking about this as a personalized way of delivering care, we said, what if we took a glucometer? And when when Glenn and I first invested in a company that had basically merged a smartphone chip into a glucometer, we said, we can get that data to the cloud. We could do a lot with that data there. And it gave us the opportunity to put a guardian angel with every individual who was using the service and to give them a way that they could better manage their condition because we can watch and make sure that it wasn't trending in the wrong direction and intervene before there was a problem. So that was the start of of what became the Livongo journey. Um, And we started thinking about ways in which we could take it to market. Um, As an early stage company, you'll probably sell it to just about anybody who will buy it. And we thought about selling to doctors. And that was going to be a challenge because it was really going to be more of a device sale. And we thought about selling to health plans, but they really wanted to see a lot more data than what we had available to satisfy their actuaries. So while it might have seemed like, oh, it was smart, you had this breakthrough to go sell to self-insured employers, 
It was after knocking on a few doors, taking a few bumps and bruises, and ultimately when we started selling into self-insured employers, they saw that we were able to deliver a return on investment within the first year of them signing up for this Livongo service. And people love the service. It's, it's rare for a benefit manager to get notes from people saying, this changed my life. We love it. Like normally they're getting complaints. Why didn't you cover my medication? Why is it that I have to go through all these hoops to get things done? And so when you're making their jobs easier, you're able to really find a way to build their loyalty to you as a client and ultimately serve their team members. Well, I love that. And you know, now that you're saying that, I do remember Glenn saying that it was a very personal thing with his son. And I think at the time he had like four different things going on because he's just one of those guys where if he sees a problem, he has to solve it. And clearly you're the yin to his yang in terms of how you do that, right? Well, I'd just put it this way. He's got a lot of yin and yang, and I'm just trying to kind of help achieve some of the dreams that he has. Um, and oftentimes when we're collaborating on, on these ventures, um, there's a lot of, of, of good-natured fun that we have in terms of trying to figure out how we're going to make this happen. But it's worked out pretty well for the two of us. Yeah, it sounds like it has. So I know we're getting close on time. So I'm going to do four more questions rapid fire. We have two funnish questions and two more serious, but we'll, we'll do tweetable because I, I could speak to you for an hour, but we both have places to go, right? The first is we're at South by Southwest. Um, we mentioned the panel yesterday. Is there anything that really has you excited, like maybe a panel or a meeting with someone or something that really... Well, I was so pleased that Real Chemistry asked me to join the panel, and you did a great job hosting some really interesting discussions yesterday, and thank you for that. Um, I will say that one of the sessions that I went to was with Jose Andreas, the founder of World Central Kitchen. Um, he's a force of nature, yeah. and you know, I took away from his talk that we need to build bigger tables, not bigger walls. And thinking about the way that they've served hundreds of millions of meals in Ukraine, that they have people on the ground serving people in Turkey and Syria right now who are impacted by the devastating earthquake. They go to where trouble is, and he brings out the best in humanity, and he says that the way we do that is through people's stomachs. And so that was a really fun session that I had an opportunity to sit in for a bit. And then there's just great energy here in Austin during South By, and I'm glad to see it coming back after a couple of shaky years with the pandemic. Amen to that. I, I think he is sort of sneaky powerful. Like over the last several years, and obviously the pandemic, you know, changed things, Ukraine changed things. And I love that mantra of build bigger tables, not walls. He's one of those guys that I think we're going to look back and say he had a profound impact on how the world changed, right? So I'm jealous that you get to see that, but I love that you brought that up. I do want to talk a little bit about future of, so you're a person that gets to see a lot of different technologies and trends and things like that. Looking out in your crystal ball next three to five years, anything in particular that you're like, this is the thing, or I'm really excited about this, or I can't wait for this to happen. I'm super excited about the fact that we're making it so much easier to capture data that can be used to measure health. And data is you know, fraught with all kinds of connotations. Uh, will it be secure? Will it be something that might be misused in some way? But I try to look at the good side of things and, and be optimistic about how we can leverage that data to provide better, more personalized experiences in healthcare. Um, one of our companies is helping individuals with GI conditions, um, understanding their data, their diet, 
to help them avoid flare-ups and to be in a, in a position where they can go on and, and live normal lives without having to worry about some of the consequences of having GI conditions with don't, which don't allow them to live those normal lives. And companies that are helping individuals with a cancer diagnosis, Jasper Health, um, hopefully managing them from the time of diagnosis to remission and helping to capture what we call patient-reported outcomes in order to be able to use that information to help drive a better outcome by intercepting signals early on that might be able to influence the trajectory of their health by giving them the opportunity to course correct earlier. So those things get me excited about the prospect of our being able to do things better um, and hopefully at a lower cost than the way we're doing them today. Well, I mean, um, I couldn't be more aligned and, uh, you know, I can't get here fast enough, right? And there's been a lot of talk, I think, here at South by Southwest this year. Final two questions. One is, I've started asking this during the pandemic, but you have one wish. What would it be and why? I wish for unlimited wishes. See, you're the second one to nail that one. And I always tell people that's the, that's the actual answer, right? Because then you can just wish whatever you want to wish. But honestly, um, I, I guess my first wish is that um, we can come together as people and understand each other a little bit better. Um, I'm very concerned about some of the divisiveness that's occurring in our country today. And we all want, I think, at, at a base level, the same things. Um, a good friend of ours Dan Michelson is building a company called In Common that's focused on what we have in common. Let's not stress the differences. Let's stress our commonalities and, and come back to our humanity. Um, and, and I really wish that uh, we could um, do away with the things that divide us and, and do more to do things that can bring us together. Well, that's a great one. And I think we do have a lot more in common than we don't. And so, you know, I like exploring the what do we have in common versus what separates us, right? So that's a great one. And I like that you did pick the multiple wishes because now you could wish for some brisket. You could <laughs> wish for $18.5 billion, whatever you want to wish for. Um, the last one, and I think it's apropos since we are in the live music uh, capital of the world, Austin. One album, Deserted Island, which album would you take? Beatles White Album. I love it. And there's no hesitation whatsoever. Amazing, amazing transitionary album for them and... Um, and really was one of those where probably, I, I don't know, you know, how many times I listened to it, you know, growing up and, and probably know, you know, the songs backwards and forwards, in, including, you know, listening to I Am The Walrus backwards a few times. I, I so, may have done yeah. that a few times myself. <laughs> well, and just to, you know, punctuate that and then we'll wrap up. What I love about that album is I feel like I have listened to it a thousand times and every time it, something else like speaks to me. And it's a double album, right? So you just get all this music. And there's some crazy to it, but you know, there's just some that are such earworms and so amazing. So excellent choice and not surprising from you. Um, we'll wrap up. This is Aaron Stroud. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at Real Chemistry, the host of the Real Chemistry Podcast. And I've had the you know true pleasure of sitting down with Lee Shapiro, who is the co-founder and managing partner at Seven Wire. Thank you so much, Lee. Aaron, thanks so much. Want more episodes of The Real Chemistry Podcast? Subscribe to our show wherever you listen to podcasts. We post a new episode every Thursday. Visit realchemistry.com for more info.